This is CliffCentral.com. It's time for the money shot. It's Mondays. It's working hard for their money. Mm-hmm. After getting how they live. Doing what they got to do to make ends meet. It's the American dream. The almighty God. I work hard for my money. So Right, here she is, Anthea Gardner. Good morning, Anthea. Good morning. Always with money on my mind. So talented. That's why we like you. You're you're very focused on this stuff, and the rest of us don't have time always to pay attention to what's going on in the in the vague uh, markets. That's why you have me. I know. Thank thank goodness. And I come with good news today. Tell me more. Cake. Much, much better than that, I'm well, sure. Well, if you were going to say this cake outside, that'd be good news. I'm sorry, Ben is very primitive. Sure. He responds better to cake than to market news. Okay, next week. Yeah, because we're all so rich that these things really pertain to us. <laughs> next week you'll get you. cake because it's my birthday. Week. Yay! See, there we go. And and there's a Results. petrol price decrease, Ben, which does affect all of us. That's good. Yeah. The rand's strong. The JSE was up two and a half percent last week. I mean, mm. This is fantastic stuff. Very nice. Unfortunately, Tiger Brand's not so much. It was down thirteen and a half percent, and this is after recovering over two percent on Friday. Nasdaq is back to three thousand five hundred rand a share. Um, what else? The the banking. There's some weird things going on there. I think they're swapping out really from one share to the other, mostly out of first rand into standard banks. So you saw kind of that switching um, price go- movement going on. And then Exaro, I don't know if you remember Exaro, a couple of, uh, about six weeks ago, we were all buying Exaro, and a month ago, we got paid a 12 rand 55 divvy on a 120 rand share, yay, 10% special cash dividend, Okay. was down 13% on Friday. Hmm. And this is because they had a management breakfast, and probably Soleo should be here, because he went to that breakfast. And at the breakfast, they said that they're expanding into water and renewable energy and the share plummeted. Like, why, why do why do people not like going into like water and renewable energy? No, it, it, I think it was completely overdone. I mean, HSBC did also put out a big report saying that they downgraded um, Exaro. It actually just seems ridiculous at the moment. And sure, they're straying away from their core competency of coal, right? So they're a coal, now they're moving into renewable energy and water. But the facts are that... They're only spending a hundred million rand on this renewable energy and, and water business. And they, the dividend they paid out was like four billion. And they, they generally have a decent record of capital allocation. You know, they've, they've made, um, lots of cash recently. They've paid down 1.3 billion rand of net debt. So why are they being punished? I, exactly. It's now trading on a five, Five and a half, five point eight times trailing price earnings ratio. Hmm. So, as far as I'm concerned, this is cheap at the price. The problem, of course, is that I bought six weeks ago, <laughs> got the little dividend, and that I'm having to ride this horrible downtrend. Um, and I did read the HSBC report this weekend, and sure, you know, it's it, they do point out a couple of concerns they have, but on the face of it, I would say. I mean, they're, they're, so they're worried that potentially the Tronox stake that they're selling could be blocked. Um, that whole deal could be blocked, which is what they use to pay the dividend. Um, but I don't know. Even the ordinary dividend covers still two and a half, three and a half. 
times. So, yeah, I think it's cheap. So if you don't own any, I mean, it, it could be a bit volatile in the short term, but this could be a buying opportunity. That's what I think. Okay. And then the RAND closed at 11.78 against the U.S. dollar on Friday, which is amazing considering what's going on. Um, GDP growth came in last week at a whopping 3.1%. I mean, that's just, that's almost hmm. double. So that's for the fourth quarter of last year, of course. Um, almost double the print we expected. I'll tell you this though. We're def, I mean, okay, granted it was Christmas and Black Friday in that, in those numbers. We're definitely not spending our way out of a recession or whatever it is, uh, a depression, not depression. That would be really bad. Um, it's mostly really internal trade and a faster increase in manufacturing that saved us. I mean, the irony, of course, is that South Africa does tend to be a spending rather than a saving culture. And it's great, potentially, that if we get into trouble, the consumer could spend us out of trouble, which kind of they've held their own last year, you know, even right. even though things have been difficult. The South Africa's, South Africans like to spend. Oh, we love it's not a spending. Yeah. No. Saving, we don't know. So much. Long term, of course, this will have detrimental effects. Um, that's a real problem. The Chinese are poten- possibly, or I've heard, the, some of the best savers in the world. And they've managed to grow their econ- economy phenomenally. So I don't know. Um and then the U.S., while we're on macro, added 313,000 jobs in February. Unemployment has stayed constant at 4.1%, the lowest in 17 years. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of people in the U.S. feeling very positive because there were hundreds of thousands of people coming back look to, to look for jobs. You know what happens, right? Um, people get disheartened and they stop looking for jobs and then they get taken out of this number so it looks like unemployment is kind of constant but actually lots of people came back in February hundreds of thousands literally but they created enough jobs to keep unemployment at 4.1 percent which is fantastic and then the number we've been worrying about for a while now is this wage growth so January was just, January was a crazy month. Like it was exceptionally huge wage growth. And then February was, it was okay, 0.1%. But at least what it shows is that the trend is positive and that you're not seeing a decline in wages. You know, it's, it's one thing creating jobs. It's another cre- thing creating well paying or jobs. You know, there's no point in creating jobs where people are getting paid less and inflation keeps ticking up. So. All right. And then you might have seen last night at five o'clock, the Reserve Bank came out and said that they had put VBS, which is a mutual bank, and I'll explain that in a minute, um, they'd placed it under curatorship. So first of all, mutual bank means that it is owned um, by depositors. So if you go to VBS and you deposit money, you actually become a shareholder. It doesn't mean that you run the bank. It doesn't mean that you get to do whatever you or, or say what you want. You get to vote, obviously, at the AGM. But it is run by the board of directors. But at least you're an owner. The second thing you need to know about VBS is that they were the guys that gave Jacob Zuma the loan for yes. Lucanla. Mm. Yeah. So basically... I mean, of course, I saw this morning that BLF are now putting a political spin on it and saying, you know, it's a BE-owned bank and the Reserve Bank's now acting like white monopoly capital and trying to stop black business from happening. Lucetia says that they put it under curatorship because it has liquidity problems. And here's here's 
two issues. Well, One, if it's got clients like Jacob Zuma, yes, that's obviously a problem because he never pays for anything. Well, there you go, right? So yeah. there's an outstanding 7.8 million rand loan. Is Are they going to have to write it down or is he going to repay it? Don't answer. <laughs> so, <laughs> the, the, the second problem is that municipalities last year were told that they are not allowed to put deposits into a mutual bank, which is kind of normal, actually. Um, but they went ahead and did it anyway, so there's an issue. And remember I said that if once you deposit money with this bank, with a mutual bank, you become a shareholder, and municipalities are not allowed to do that, and there's too much risk. In fact, a lot of companies, and I work with quite a few corporates, are not allowed to use certain banks. Um, I have a, an international corporate as a client who can only use three of the top five banks. Really? Yeah. Because, I mean, because of credit ratings sure. and risk and all that. Okay. So. Fair enough. And, and remember, South Africa is very close to junk. And, and a lot of corporates, big international, especially corporates, don't like this. And then the other problem with this VBS mutual bank is that, and this I think is where the reserve bank's coming from, is that they have a, a liquidity mismatch and so they are taking short-term deposits and making long-term loans. So, you know, or that's what banks do, right? They don't actually have their own money. They take your money and they lend it to somebody else right. and then hopefully that somebody else pays them back. But if they don't, how do they give you back your deposit? And then that's a liquidity issue. And so the Reserve Bank's mandate is to protect people like us who put our deposits in the bank. The, the Reserve Bank have said that they're guaranteeing up to a 50,000 rand deposit at VBS. So you won't lose your money if you've got 50,000 or less. It's those above that that they're worried about. And which exactly is why they don't want the municipalities to be depositing money into these mutual banks. All right. So that's, yeah, that's it. And then I heard you guys talking on Friday. No, you didn't. You didn't. <laughs> oh. I read out your message because I thought everyone should know how rude you are to me some of the time. Sorry. So, Anthea sent me a message saying, you I two, you two are talking a whole lot of shit about Ethiopia. Tell me about the Ethiopian economy. So you, you spent a lot of time researching Ethiopia. Tell me a little bit about them. Why is that economy growing at 10% a year? Um, so, um, Wow, there's a whole, <laughs> whole spreadsheet. I brought it to the table. Jesus. All right, so GDP I'm looking. GDP growth in Africa. Okay, GDP growth in Africa. Okay, Ivory Coast is at eight percent. That's the highest. Mm-hmm. Um, which table are you looking at? Yeah, uh, on the left. Okay, on the right. I mean, yes. So that's 2016, mm-hmm. and the, in your left hand, you've got the average for eight years between 2008 and 2016. Okay, so for Ethiopia, that's six point five over the last. Eight yeah. years. Yeah, over, oh. over eight years. There it is. Oh, Ethiopia. no, that's 2016. Okay. And Sorry, there, there we go. 6.5 yeah. then for 2016. But when I was there two years ago, they were growing at 10.3%. I mean, it was phenomenal. So can I just say one thing? Ethiopia, Cote d'Ivoire, all those countries are coming off a low base. So you've mm-hmm. got to take that into consideration. All right, so in other words, there are not a and lot then, of people participating in the economy. There's not a huge amount of money in the economy. It's kind of flat to start with. And it's easy to stimulate kind of right. from 10% a low base. 10% for them is a couple of million dollars. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if you're starting from a low base. Right. That's exactly right. But then the, the other thing that Ethiopia does is it really is, well, in, in the last many years, is that it really has done incredibly well to attract foreign direct investment. Unfortunately or fortunately, whichever way you see this, it's from China. So China has spent 
an incredible amount of money or invested, not spent, an incredible amount of money in Ethiopia. I mean, they were the guys who funded the light rail, the, the Addis Ababa light rail, which is the largest in sub-Saharan Africa, the fastest. It, I saw it. It was, I was there when they were opening. It was absolutely fantastic. Um, and then they, as you said on Friday, they don't have a stock exchange, but they do have a commodities exchange and they are commodities based countries. So not so much hard commodities. So they're more like soft commodities and hard commodities are your, uh, oil, gold, um, aluminium, iron ore, and then your soft commodities, livestock, um, maize, agriculture, that sort of thing, are introduced in pork bellies. Do you remember Trading Places, the Eddie Murphy movie? Yep. Oh, you've just given away your age. No, no. Oh, I'm not embarrassed. <laughs> Go on. And they're very much a private equity environment. So your guest on Friday was speaking about how difficult it is for companies to raise money because that's what the JSE or the stock exchange is used for. It's used for companies who want to expand and raise capital to expand. That's why you go to the stock market. And if you don't have a stock market, where do you get that money? He was saying, go to the cryptocurrency exchange, which by the way, I do actually like the idea of. Um, so yeah, Unfortunately, in Ethiopia, they don't have a stock exchange, but they do have a lot of private equity. So companies investing in unlisted companies, basically. All right. So, yeah. What else do you want to know? I mean, there's a great discussion at the moment about China taking over Africa and how they're invested and why they're invested in it and how they're going to colonize us, which is probably true. You know, like in the 1600s, we had the British, the Dutch, the Portuguese. And sure. 1800s, we had the French colonizing Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, actually, Ethiopia is such a good example because it was the French who built that big railway from Addis to Djibouti. Um, and mm-hmm. now, basically, they're being replaced by the Chinese who are building the light rail. <laughs> the hmm. irony of it. And there's a great discussion at the moment about whether or not investing in a country or like the Chinese are doing in a continent is better or worse than like the U.S. giving aid to a continent or a country. And quite hmm. frankly, I know we hate we think that the Chinese are going to come in, steal our jobs put us in shackles and make us work. They're taking our jobs. They're taking our jobs, exactly. But actually, isn't it better that they give us cheap loans to build the country? Sure. And, sure. and, and you know, they, they do Look also what it's done bring... in Mozambique. Is that they a good built, built, Yeah, well, they built a massive, massive bridge that I saw in Maputo when I was there that no one else would be willing to build. Of go. course, they're getting concessions and all kinds of resources, and you know, but... For the people in, in Maputo, it's going to save them four hours of travel every day. It's exactly the same in other African countries. That's exactly sure. what's going on. All right. Um, and, yeah, I think that's pretty much it for today. Anything else you need to know? Oh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> You're only a text away, as we <laughs> evidently saw on Friday. Well, yeah, so but, oh, my God. <laughs> yes, but, we, but we only get to see Anthea once a week, so we get to ask, answer all the questions. All right. Thanks, Anthea. Did I realize it'd be taken that bad? Oh, no, so I'll, grateful. I'll be Anthea. careful not to talk out of my ass about the Ethiopian economy again. I've got someone listening who's paying attention. <laughs> All right. Call us out at any moment. That's what I love. And uh, it's not just Anthea, it's anybody who listens to us. They're so quick to point out anything we get wrong, which I like. I mean, then we, we're responsible to not get it wrong. You don't want fake news. Mm hmm. Yep. This is CliffCentral.com.